The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Something else we talked about earlier, I asked Pascal Donahue about it, uh, was price gouging when it comes to hotels and the Taylor Swift concert concerts uh, happening uh, next year. Uh, he was condemnatory, it is fair to say. Cahal Crow is with me now. He's a Fianna Fáil uh, TD. He is their tourism and aviation spokesperson. Uh, Cahal, I'm conscious like lots of people listening to this show from outside Dublin would have been hoping to travel to Dublin, including many of your constituents, for those concerts. They won't want to pay 900 quid a night. No, it's absolutely wrong. And I think we may be having a different debate if this pricing was happening next week or the week after. Perhaps you could then rightly say, well, the supply and demand is a shortage of room. But the pricing I've been looking at is exactly one year, one week away, 53 weeks away from now. And it's absolutely horrendous to see hotels jumping on the announcement of this beautiful concert in Dublin next year and already trebling or quadrupling the price of the rooms. It's absolute price gouging. It's the actions of a minority. Uh, but there's always the risk that that will spread and become a contagion. It also damages, I think, the product that so many um, hoteliers are trying to offer, that being high quality, reasonably priced accommodation. And it certainly makes it very difficult for someone who lives beyond the capital to come up, enjoy a night, be it for a match or a concert, have a few drinks, go for a meal. There isn't a whole lot of public transport to get you back to the west of Ireland that night. So you do need to stay overnight and it, it now becomes prohibitive with mm. these kind of costings. Yeah, yes, I've no doubt they'll sell all their hotel rooms. You know, which is what which is what will satisfy the hotel ultimately. They'll say, listen, we got a bit of stick on the radio or whatever, but we ultimately sold all those rooms, so we'll do it again. Well, I think it's for short-term gain, there's a lot of long-term damage here because I remember some months ago, we had the Irish Hotels Federation uh, here meeting with a group of TDs and we were having a very focused discussion on the VAT rate applicable to tourism and hospitality. I very much want to see that kept at the lower end of the wedge because I think the cheaper a product is, the more people will buy it and grow and enjoy life. Uh, if you raise taxes on tourism and hospitality, people are turned away from it. Now, well, they, they can go swing, I'd say, is the attitude of a lot of people now, if they were to come back looking for lower VAT rates again. Well, this is the problem. This is exactly it, because the Irish Hotels Federation themselves were kind of saying, very hard when you've someone in our sector behaving like this, it's very hard to go in and represent the many. Um, I just want to say as well that this, I've taken a good look at all the booking sites today. It's certainly the actions of a minority. It yeah. probably should be called out. I won't name them on air, but it's very obvious that someone goes to booking.com. Who's, who's gouging, who isn't? But but look, the, the other thing here is that um, if we are going to look at support, we are currently trying to construct Budget 2024 and the mechanics of it. They're doing no service whatsoever to others in their sector. It's hard to believe, but there are actually hotels in the west of Ireland struggling at this time. If I can just give one example of that, um, Lister and County Clare is proud that it has played a major role in terms of accommodating refugees. Its mm. population has increased fourfold in the year. Not all hotels are equipped um, for refugee accommodation. We would have a couple of four- and five-star hotels in that locality. They're not able to um, opt into these contracts. They don't have a footfall of tourism. They are struggling. So are surf schools, restaurants. There are many struggling in tourism, and it seems a total uh, incongruence with what we're hearing about today of the price gouging in Dublin. Yeah, well, listen, price gouging is what it is. You're right to point out it is a minority, but it is still happening, and people will accept that 
you know, there are busier times of the year and hotel prices will go up. And and, and in a lot of parts of the country that sees hotels or other uh, uh, hospitality businesses through leaner periods, that's not what's happening with Taylor Swift. They, they didn't hike the prices to 900 quid a night, some of these hotels, to see them through the leaner periods of the year. They're just trying to squeeze every uh, last uh, euro they can out of customers. Uh, Cahill, listen, thanks a million uh, for joining us. Cahill Crow is a Fianna Fáil TD, their tourism and aviation spokesperson. Dara Cassidy is with us as well now, head of communications at bonkers.ie because in a not unrelated uh, story today, uh, Dara, we've got Eurostat figures that show actually it's not just hotels. We pay the highest prices for lots of goods and services. We do and most listeners probably won't be too surprised to see that. According to Eurostat, we are now the most expensive country in the entire EU. So we're more expensive than Sweden, Finland, Luxembourg, all those traditionally expensive countries. And even uh, Denmark, which for me is a real surprise because Denmark has kind of always been out there Mm. uh, top of the table as being really, really expensive. Eurostat even looks at Switzerland and some non-EU countries, so Switzerland, Iceland and Norway. And what I find shocking is that we're even more expensive than Norway. Um, just quickly, like 15, 16 years ago, I was renting with a Norwegian girl for a year and she used to always kind of go on about how expensive Norway was and how when she was going back from Dublin to Oslo, she'd st- you know um, pick up things. Well, the, cl- the classic comparison we all <laughs> use when we visit places is the price of beer or something. Because yeah, but, we're, but, we're not doing the shopping and I remember paying about a tenner for a bottle yeah, of beer in Oslo. Yeah, no, but like, I mean, for, it's quite close to that now in yes. Dublin as well but she used to always say she'd stack up on things you know what I mean before going back to Oslo because the prices were so much more cheap here and now here we are not so many years later she's probably you know you know, we'd go to Norway to get better value <laughs> yeah. now which just seems absolutely insane but there's very very little where we're doing well from a price point of view. Yeah, well, well, are, there, are there outliers within that kind of, so we're 46% higher than the European average. I assume within that, that there, there's a few sectors where we're much, much higher and others where we're closer to it. Yeah, I'll go through them quickly. So yeah. the, the main one is tobacco where we're about three times the average price. And I think most people might understand that and I personally don't have an issue with A lot that. of that is, is, is government imposed. Is, yeah, it's government uh, imposed. Taxes and excise. The next one is alcohol, which again is government imposed. But I suppose with alcohol, you're still allowed to enjoy an odd tipple and it's not as bad for your health as tobacco. So I'm not sure if people will feel quite as happy to know that mm. prices here are the second most expensive in the EU, only behind Finland, and they're over double the EU average. Uh, food prices are 15% above the EU average, so not such a big discrepancy, but that still leaves us as the fourth most expensive in the EU. Uh, for recreational activities and cultural activities, we're fifth most expensive. Prices are around 17% above the EU. And probably, again, no surprise for people, Heating costs, electricity, gas and other fuels are the second most expensive at almost 40% above the EU average. So um, they're they're big discrepancies. Yeah, and some of those can be explained, you know, by the nature of our economy, some of them by geography. So, you know, freight costs and shipping costs are Mm. going to be more expensive to get to the periphery of Europe and to get across water to get there. So that that, that does add costs, like mm. it or not. Um, the fact that we don't uh, produce a huge amount of our own energy, we're importing it as well, that pushes up those energy prices, which is why we got that derogation last year after the outbreak of the war in Ukraine. We were allowed to keep burning natural gas mm-hmm. at a much higher rate than, than other countries in Europe um, aim to reduce theirs by. But I mean, recreation costs. I, do, I don't understand how we can be the fifth highest in Europe and explain that away because of 
gas prices or because we're an island. You know, of course, it really comes down to competition because where we do do quite well, for example, with um, household appliances of white goods, Harvey Norman and so on, we're pretty much bang on the EU average. And when you consider the fact that we have quite high wages, that means that those goods will be quite uh, affordable. Uh, clothing prices are actually slightly below the EU average clothing and footwear and things such as you know, household goods, such as like furniture, furniture uh, carpets, things like that. Again, very close to the EU average. But to me, in all of those sectors, there is really, really good and strong competition, whereas some of the other sectors there isn't. So competition is a a, a big influence on whether or not prices are high or low. And of course, government taxation and sometimes government works through taxation, but sometimes it's subsidies as well. So, for example, in a lot of countries, they have cheaper transport costs, they have cheaper childcare costs, they have cheaper healthcare costs because the government steps in and provides a cheaper service. And for me, I think that's where we get it wrong. Like, I don't think Ireland is ever going to be cheap, nor should we want to be, because most of the countries with the best living standards in the world are high income, high uh, cost countries. So Yeah, well, r- 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 I think Romania is the cheapest yeah, on this list. So and no, no, with all due respect to anyone listening is kind of, of, of Romanian stock, I mean, I, I don't think that's the economic model you want no. to ape when compared maybe with the Scandinavians who are traditionally expensive. I, I, absolutely. But where the government steps in and takes the Scandinavian model is that they'll tax us to the hilt on tobacco and they'll tax us to the hilt on alcohol. But we don't get then the big subsidies on child care, the big subsidies on health, the big subsidies on, um, on on transport. And I think that's where the government needs to really improve things. And they have been doing some okay work. Yeah. You know, childcare costs have come down. The Greens, in fairness of them, have reduced transport costs. We're seeing a bit of movement on health costs. But I think there's more that needs to be done there. And of course, we have one of the highest rates of standard VAT in the world at 23%. Uh, we have high rates of excise duty as well. So, you know, the government itself adds to the cost of living. And of course, they'll be the first ones to say, oh, it's businesses, it's price gouging, people should shop around there's an element of that but I think the government absolutely needs to get its Uh, own house in order as well and one would suspect that what you're saying there is reflective of the public mood we had those polls at the weekend that show actually you know what tax cuts everybody everybody likes a tax cut but actually in terms of priorities what people want the things you're talking about there is you know an increase in an improvement in public services. Potentially, but then mind you, there's been so much money pumped into the health service and some of these services in recent years and it seems like the civil service is incapable, is incapable of giving us the, the good services. So I suppose that's probably be a topic for another day. Um, but but also as well, and you know, the government always gets in trouble when they say this, but it is true and obviously I work for a price comparison site. But I do think Irish people do need to shop around and I know people are probably rolling their eyes as I say this, but I think in Ireland we need to get used to being a little bit more frugal, a little bit more, dare I say, German-like. Sometimes I think we're just a little bit too generous for our own good. You go to other countries and, I mean, they are militant with dividing the bill, uh, making sure everyone, you know, pays for their round exactly. And they're just a lot, I suppose, tighter with the money. And I know in Ireland we hate tight-fistedness, but that does add to the cost of living here because shops, they know they can get away with this. And that's why we're called, you know, the Emerald Isle when it comes to, you know, Tesco and the British multiples. They always know they can kind of jack up prices here by an extra 5 or 10% because people just aren't as I suppose as careful and as tight with the money as maybe other countries and I hate using that word because I know no one wants to be yeah, it's tight. Time to be tight yeah but <laughs> just you know just that shopping around and just not being afraid to just seek out better value um, will help bring prices down a little bit Dara Cassidy Head of Communications at Bonkers.ie Dara pleasure as always and thanks a million for uh, coming in to us at- the Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.